0: Welcome to the BG Podcast: Conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin Metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com/podcast and on iTunes and Google Play.
1: Hi, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group, and our guest today is Karan Spearman, Karan like the book. And he's a features writer for, for a features writer for the austin chronicle our local alternative uh, weekly here in the great city of austin texas welcome to the show karan
0: <laughs> thank you very much i say it like the great. book
1: because his uh his ig handle and twitter handle are yes like the book yes like the book yeah so we've uh just you know gotta plug it man
0: yeah I, you know people were wondering how to say my name and that was the best way. Everybody would say, especially when I was I worked overseas. We'll get into my background a little bit, but how do you say your name, Karan? Oh, like the book? Yes. Yeah. Like the book. I mean, it sticks, man.
1: It sticks. I mean, it's not quite on point, but it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Well, Karan, you're you are our first uh, writer on the show, and awesome. Uh, you know, you're someone who I've, been, I've known you for a number of years, and have followed your your rise in the um you know just trying to make it as a writer in the city i we'll want to that in a little bit too absolutely uh, but you know you just go into your what your coverage is uh for the chronicle um mostly
0: music mostly uh, music um i used to do some sports when they covered it very briefly mm-hmm. i covered some ut football Saw some
1: soccer in there too. A I little think. bit of soccer in there. Or they football, do. They do put it. in a
0: little yeah, or football. You know, depending <laughs> how, where you are in your journey and in, in your soccer slash football journey. Uh huh. Um, I also for the Daily Dot I do a lot of entertainment um,
1: reviews. What is the Daily Dot?
0: The Daily the Dot Daily. is kind of this uh, internet for everyone sort of news thing for everyone. It's kind of like they call it kind of the New York Times of the internet kind of thing. Um, it's very obviously very. Um, net based so it's going to be around social media things like that um a lot of entertainment
1: i do reviews of movies and streaming and things like that i got you and then do you you cover i mean just you you cover some other areas of austin too you put politics or commentary a little bit a little a little
0: less than i would like Mm -hmm. but that's probably good right now (laughs) um but yeah i've covered some some things related to Just black and brown people in Austin, and um, but we'll get back to that. Right now, I'm kind of working on a book um, about a football player named Night Train Lane, who's from here in Austin. Night Train Lane. Night Train Lane. Richard Night Train Lane, and yeah, that is going to be a, a nice little intersection of race, of football, of Austin's history, of professional football, of. Everything, it'll it'll run the gamut. He was a very interesting guy. He was married to Dinah Washington, uh, who was a famous singer back in the day. Um, yeah, it was, it's going gotcha. to be interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, how far along is the book from uh, coming About out? About two
0: months to, well, it's going to be with the University of Texas Press. Um, I've started kind of two months in. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to do still, a lot of interviewing. It is a bear. Yeah. It's your
1: first book. It is my first book. All right. well, right. We'll look forward to getting that soon. Absolutely. Published and uh, getting a review on that. On Absolutely. Show. So getting to I think one of the reasons I wanted to get this show besides uh you know just having a writer and some of that perspective on I mean, most of our guests previously have been community activists, uh, CEOs of companies, business folks, um, politicians. Just getting your take on on Austin, particularly um, you know you've been here a number of years. You're not so new. We're not so long here too that your, your perspective is, I think, pretty balanced in the city. And you've, been, you know, you're, 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 I think you're well traveled. You and your brother are both well traveled folks. And for those that don't know, Karan's younger brother is Joe Spearman with the local lore. And I think he's right now he's in Japan. He is in Japan. Things. Yeah. Uh, but getting to your, to your perspective on Austin, um, you know, just the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly, just to what are you seeing from the writers from writers view of things
0: from a writer's view I would say this is a good place to I would say this is a good place in general to switch careers Mm -hmm. generally Um, it is very kind of medium pressure you know I I come from an entirely different background I was doing like government logistics contracting I came here I originally went to school for writing for journalism and so I'm just kind of running back into what I originally went to school for um, at South Carolina. And so this is a place I've learned where if you're willing just to kind of get in there, you can you can start writing. I mean, this, there are a handful of publications that you can pitch to and you can go, kind of go into. That's, so that's a good thing is that for somebody who's looking just to start writing, this is probably one of the better cities just to kind of go at it versus going to a really big city where it's so such a saturated market, yeah, New York right? Or... Los Angeles, even Atlanta, even, you know, places like that uh, that I considered. Um, so this is a kind of a place that you can thrive, and yet it is a good kind of jumping off point for other things that you would like to do within the writing sphere, mm-hmm. um, books and so on. Gotcha. Well, what about the, the bad The bad. Um, I would say the bad would sort of be, it's a little limited in terms of, I wish I had more publications. There are some good ones here. I just wish there was more of a variety, Mm -hmm. more diversity in terms of the, the publications. I'll He's being like the news outlets, those kind of things. Yeah, like monthly, we're monthly, right, right, and it's tough because they're paying less, and so it's it's writing is kind of being it's a little bit de incentivized to put forth the effort that that is required. This is not this is not for the week, mm-hmm. like this is not for the for the for the week. This is this is definitely uh, it's writing. It does not seem you know very heavy but if you're trying to write here i mean you really need to like really you need to believe in it and you need to stick to it Mm -hmm. um so out of that the diversity you trying to make your way into it can be kind of tough um i don't mean diversity in terms of racial and ethnic diversity i mean diversity in terms of uh, uh verticals entertainment Sports, you know all these things. You know there are not there. Are, it's very stiff, mm-hmm. very stiff. What do you mean? What do you think the main verticals are good
1: I mean, sports?
0: Um, so you know, you know, you got the stuff related, all these things related to UT. Um, then you have, you know, Austin Monthly, Texas Monthly, The Chronicle, Statesman. But for a, so I think those are the big ones. But for a, a city of this size that's growing by the month, it it feels like there could be more. Um, variety in terms of really everything. I think it could, there's enough room for a lot
1: to thrive. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I've, I've been back in Austin now, um, post post law school, um, almost ten years or about you know, almost eleven years. And I remember when I first came home. There were a number of uh, kind of the, the glossy magazines are out there, and you know I've seen some come and go. I think the one, the, the last one standing, um, that long and strong, has been Tribeza. Um, right but in terms of that lifestyle magazine that you know a monthly monthly uh localized version and I'd, I'd seen some other ones come and go and so i think just when i've been talking to those folks or those magazines over the years you know it's this is it's a tough market like it's, it's interesting the size of our city you would think there'd be more but it, it's just a, you know i don't know if it's unique just to austin or what right because i've been to other cities you see more but it is it's i can put my finger on what my thumb or whatever and what it is but yeah, you know, you're not seeing it. Or at least it's not enough to thrive, or maybe the companies behind them aren't giving enough time to pick a, a And that costs money. Yeah. Right? That costs it. money. Yeah. So,
0: you know, that's that's a tough deal. You have to pay people, and if you want good people, you have to pay them well. That's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. I, I totally understand why the diversity isn't there. I just I, you know, that's kind of a personal wish. Yeah, last asked a review for and I got it, right? Yeah.
1: And then what about the ugly?
0: Um I would say this sort of um, I've thought a little bit about this. This... let me be specific here. kind of this kind of unique, kind of weird tonal sameness a little bit that we're kind of getting into it I don't like that much. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a kind of a tonal um, hom- uh, homogeneity kind of thing where everything seems a little samey. Mm-hmm. Things we build are the same. Uh, the coffee shops are the same. Uh, the restaurants seem the same. All the, everything within the places, within the actual spaces, the people who run them seem like the same people. Um, So we're kind of going into, I think it's not really specific to Austin. I want to be clear on that. This is not a Austin specific thing. This is a growing city thing where a lot of the cities in America are just starting to feel very samey mm-hmm. you go and from austin to denver you know i go different places and it's the same coffee shop in the same sorts of areas in town it's the same restaurants that serve the save the, the, the same poke bowls mm-hmm. it's the, you know so it's <laughs> like you know it's this kind of samey I thing the
1: first time last night really yeah Really, I'm they're am all am over that, now. I'm not that cool, man. I, You're not I, this, not this, that cool. Not that cool for sure. I, I, I'm about a year behind on trends like that. But
0: it's so. I, I guess I wish that for a city that's kind of built around its difference. Um,
1: I wish there was more of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I was, I would say well, it like I guess that. our
1: next question then this is your take on Austin's culture culture revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Revolution rather, um, because you know, in that vein too, the whole I guess refrain to hear a lot of people is they keep, the keep Austin weird vibe and things like that and like and I grew up here, I man. I've been here. You know, my family moved here in '91. We used to live on Bergstrom. Okay. We, but I got stationed there in the, right. in the Air Force an Air Force okay. officer, and so and I remember, you know, when after the Air Force he was getting his MBA at Saint Edward's on okay. South uh, Congress, and my mom and I, my young baby brother, would go visit him and stuff. And South Congress then was not the same thing as South Congress now. And this is going from South Congress at the start of two ninety. Going downtown, right. right? That was a you know, ill repute. I guess is the way to put it. It was a whole other area. It was a whole yeah, other whole thing. Other <laughs> yeah, Yeah. And you know, it's you know, is that like, what was the? You know, I think weird is relative for people too, right? True. Like it's one of those words. I mean, like like sketchy, right? Like sketchy had a had a very. Is it <laughs> depending on who you're talking to? It's a too, very loose. It's a very, very loose generous term. term. They're so sketchy. What does that really mean, though? Right? What do you? What's the What's the layer below that? Right. But in, in any event, though, the evolution of a city because. There was a time when Austin was very. I mean, it wasn't corporate, right? It was very weird, right? In that sense, it was weird compared to Dallas. It was very corporate, um, at least you know the perception of it, or in Houston or right. uh, San Antonio. And San Antonio is a, really, a very old city, and I think particularly right that weird culture was built around uh, the university culture, right? That was it, and maybe it was more. And this is a your take on this. It's just as a city, before the city grew, it was you know it was, it's pretty much the university and the government. Were the only shows in town, industry-wise. Right. And as the business, but definitely the tech culture and everything else grew around that, it subsumes that to a degree, right? So university, it does. Culture, university culture is still here. It's just the city's grown around it, and so yes. it doesn't permeate or is not as strong um, a signal as it might have been in the '70s, probably.
0: And I think that where that comes from in a very interesting way is, is our city's natural. I won't say our natural, but our infrastructure, mm-hmm. the way that our city is built, it, it was almost inevitable that it was going to get swallowed up. Like this kind of downtown, down through like uh, the South First, South Congress, because through the, you know, the tech kind of takeover, I'd say um, it was always going to happen. We have there are two corridors. We have 35. Mm-hmm. We have Mopac everything is more or less sandwiched in between here so you know you start building out and around you start pushing people in different directions where they used to be and now they're not anymore Um, i think that was kind of unfortunately that sort of change and that sort of eventuality was kind of baked in via infrastructure Mm -hmm. land use um Yeah, I I think uh, I'll leave it there. There's a lot to go into with land use and infrastructure here in Austin, but I think that those things were kind of inevitable. Like, if you wanted growth, you had to build out going North Austin, all these other areas, and along 183 and going out that way. Like, you have to Parmer, where, you know, I guess that's where Apple is. Mm -hmm. So you have to build out these areas, and people are going to naturally – go out into these areas and then they're also going to come downtown and they don't have any children, you know, or they're not going to have any, there's probably more, I I would say from right where we are here in this office.
1: We're in downtown Austin. We're in
0: downtown Austin. I would say from Lamar all the way over to probably uh, Robert Martinez on the other side of 35, I would venture to say within a certain area, I would say from Cesar Chavez or maybe say, let's say Riverside, let's say Cedar Chavez and 12th Street, I bet there are more pets than there are children. Are I don't think you'd be wrong. Yeah.
1: I, I agree. There are more
0: pets than there are children. I, I, that's, that is critical. And so within the area that's supposed to be kind of, you know, weirdest or different or cool, um, I would venture even going south, Congress to a certain extent, and south uh, first to a certain extent. I bet there are again. So you, you just kind of throw, you're kind of thrusting all these people who are moving in into these areas. It was going to happen. Yeah, there was no. I don't think there was really a way around that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're trying to build up the tax base. So you gotta. Yeah, you. That was.
1: That was. Yeah. That's natural. Well, just with evolution too. Um, you know, one of the kind of the, the takes uh, I feel in Austin. I, I went to I was in Portland for just a quick, uh, oh yeah, quick, right quick. I was there for a week, about two weeks, two weeks ago. And you know, I I know I'd always I'd hear I've heard comparisons between Austin and Portland. And Portland several you know, years ago was that it was that city, you know, the right. capital, you know, that. And I feel well, at least when I went there, more so being you know being from Austin. Uh, I felt it was um, it felt a little more. Like in its skin, right? I Maybe mean, there's too. a factor of two. You look around and you see there are a few cranes in the sky or on their skyline, but relatively, you know, it was kind of relaxed in that way. Very. And, and in a way, you know, you know it's just to the credit, not the credit of our city, but the way our city is going here. That that commercial development is drive, you know, is bringing the jobs here and those companies here and bring the people here and ripples out. Absolutely. And... Though because of that, I mean, I always say like Austin, you know, we're we're are well in the middle of our of our you know puberty, right? Yes. Um, and to what end, and how we ultimately settle out, we yet to be determined. I think that won't happen until um, we just cap out on building. <laughs> I mean, new right. buildings can be built, but in terms of the open spaces that there are now, for sure, and there are still several plots. And then you look south of a of a Lady Bird Lake on the South Riverfront and all that. The uh, austin american states and property right there's plenty left to develop there outside of their, i mean that's that's just, that's just talking about the cbd too or the, the, the story's still being written yeah. the
0: story on austin and you know as much as we talk about locally gentrification and certain things and stuff like that the story is still being written there's still a future a positive future not that we're not trending at least in some direction as it is but there is a future that that is out there that is going to be, you know, beneficial for everyone still, mm-hmm. not just people who are moving here from California and raising up, you know, you know, tax n- numbers and things like that. It's there's more to it. I think there's still there's still a capability for there to be much more um, than we are. I agree with your assessment in terms of where we are and kind of our age. Um, still kind of teenagers and mm-hmm. you know this it's kind of a weird kind of middle ground right now where we can go in a lot splinter in a lot of different directions or we can go in all the directions yeah which would be preferable we could do everything and that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that it's it's we grow culturally and that we grow we continue to grow business and those two things
1: marry yeah we'll get to see like houston right i mean it's Right. It has it's definitely has a strong corporate culture, but I don't know where I can't know it was the Atlantic or what, and this is a few several months ago, but I mean it's the third largest city in the US, but one of the most diverse diverse cities absolutely as well, and I've been there a number of times and you feel that I mean they have all kinds of cultural vibes there and absolutely. again going to restaurants there. You see, you know, my parents now go down there for times for Texans games or I've gone down there too, and you just see a Given restaurant you go to down there, they might have gone to here. You just you see more diversity. I think if you go to like Atlanta, right? It's like that kind of vibe. It's absolutely, kind of really, absolutely. Yeah. There's
0: just diversity, and it's just like, and and it's purposeful. Like it's yeah. being made purposeful. Like they're taking advantage of it. They're like, okay, well, this restaurant here, this restaurant here. Doesn't it's not a sameness that I think that a lot of times when you're a growing city, you're still trying to figure out what the best thing to put here and the best thing to put there. No, you just let it kind of
1: mm. well, evolve. Also, there's zoning laws, are a little more local too, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, again, land use. Again, yeah, once again, I know uh, you know we're at least the first draft. We're not getting into that, but the first draft of our city's revised or revamped land use code should be out in December. Mm. Um, when that comes out, I'd love to get your take on that. You I'd, I'd be very interested. All right. So switching gears to more on the, on the still saying the culture side. Um, you write about music a lot. What are who are the three three Austin awesome artists that you feel are on the verge or just already crossing that line into breakout status? I would say the
0: first and the first is a band with one artist that you people would already know, Adrian Quesada. He's in a group with a a uh, an exciting young singer named uh, Eric Burton. The band is called uh, Black Pumas mm-hmm. and they're actually in the midst of a tour right now like they've they've blossomed into, into there is a thing it is a legitimate thing and they have a self-titled album that is spectacular i highly recommend it uh the second act um two more kind of local guys but i think that they have tremendous promise um ayuma he's kind of a um something of a i guess a kind of a, a prodigy in terms of him playing different instruments and horns. He's connected with uh, Riders Against the Storm. Um, Very talented beat maker, very talented, just multi-instrumentalist. I think the third act would be an R&B kind of a, he's kind of got this interesting appeal. It's not straightforward R&B. His name is Jake Lloyd. very he has an album that came out moonlit um moonlit mornings and uh it's a very much a nighttime record for sure it's something i plan on reviewing in the
1: very near future
0: um so those would be the probably the three acts that i'm into right now
1: um not you yeah, know just i don't know i think they're definitely breaking out right now but two of my favorite are austin artists uh uh, Love Mobley, absolutely. That's that. He's out to me. That's that's. He's not breaking you know, he, out. Well, he's he's signed, out. He, he signed. Uh, oh a long ago?
0: Just that's not even like maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a thing. I've interviewed him and I've done stories on him. He's he's one of my favorites for sure. You know what? And also,
1: we're at all the artists mentioned here in the show notes people can link back to him. Oh, for and sure. And I think uh, the Chronicles' most recent uh, cover was it this week or last week's um, with. Uh, Vincent? Oh, um,
0: Jackie. Jackie, yeah. Jackie's right, too. I've interviewed her. Um, She is one of – she is something – she's kind of in the lineage of, I guess, Carrie Clark, but still there's a little bit of difference there. There's enough of a difference there to really be excited about. And I think that's the kind of because he's from here that there's kind of this connection, but she is a rare – talent with with her instrument with her guitar it is it is something to behold
1: honestly yeah Yeah, i've seen her play a few times different shows and she just rocks and then i follow you know follow her on ig wow she is she is something something special Mm -hmm. so a question in everyone's mind i know because it always comes up around really around what midsummer is right everyone's take on the acl lineup personally you know always my, my my view on like it seems good enough but i'm not a music person per se like you are and I'll get your hot take on, you know, just your hot take on this year's lineup.
0: I'm going to be real honest. Please I, do. <laughs> will, will they stop? Maybe you're a fan, maybe you're not. Maybe you're a fan, maybe you're not. But I wish they would stop putting Mumford and Sons on these things. I, I, I can't. This is, a per, this is very much a personal thing, and I get that people are going to be like, boo. But no, Mumford and Sons, that's so boring. That is so... Boring. They're talented musicians, no question. But it is more or less kind of this kind of like alt bluegrass country. They're a boy band. It's not like they weren't, they it's not like this, like they a band that came together. They threw these guys together and now they're like a boy band, sort of. It's that's what it is. I wish people would just kind of take that for what it is. This is more or less like kind of like an alt bluegrass in sync. Mm-hmm. That is more or less what they are. Okay, so. I got that. I'm not with it. All right. Um, Two more. I, I like the addition of uh, Lizzo. I'm, All right, I've been uh, good things. Very excited things. for her. Um, I, some people, you know, The Cure, but I get it. You know, the, these kind of legacy acts, you have to put them on there. And The Cure is somebody that I like The Cure, you know. I'm not a real young guy. I do re- still remember The Cure. So, I mean, there I, I, I get it. Childish Gambino, I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's pretty clear he's going to be the thing to see. You know, I mean, at this point in time, he's kind of his, – his fame is at a, at a kind of a fever pitch. And so he's, you know, he's all, all, across all sorts of mediums right now. So I, I think that he's going to probably draw, like, the largest crowd, and um, I could not be happier. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah.
1: He's just, um, this is his whole story, right? In terms oh, of, I think for anyone who's, I think if you're an entrepreneur trying to just kind of step out from what you've been doing. That's a prime example, and I think about that a lot just with, with our firm, how we develop, even doing this podcast, right? For sure. Because I'm sure when he, was, he started doing comedy, he was writing for 30 right. Rock or anything else, I want to be a rapper. Like what why are you gonna rap about? What are you gonna do? And now, I mean, I'm sure there are kids who they're all we know about him is just being a singer. It's amazing. And then acting really singer, right? His after,
0: turn into this, this turn that he's in this to this lane that he's gone into is it's really nothing I haven't seen really anything like it. Yeah. I would say you're actually rapper and then to R and B singer. Then to R and B singer. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I think that people or I mean, because as a rapper, people didn't quite they the the when he started becoming kind of turning the page as a rap, rapper into like this kind of a cool rapper, on uh, um, because of the internet mm-hmm. that became that was like the big rap thing. He, it finally kind of clicked for him, but then with the the R and B kind of this red bone. Oh my gosh, this is a whole. I mean, he turned into a whole other thing, and then of course Atlanta, oh, the yeah, show. Dude. Put him on <laughs> this other this other trajectory. So
1: I caught the first season of that. Again, uh, oh, you know, I was late to the sh- late to the show on that one because I don't, you know I, I have Netflix at home. I don't have a TV or anything. Such else. a great show. Um, I caught it just on DVR at my folks' house and just just that show. Yeah, you know, I watched the first season, like the episode, like the Michael Jackson-esque guy. Yes, The episode was, I mean, it was. it was it really demonstrates his overall. I think just I mean, in the right... I mean, actually, his director, Bruce as well, they're a genius in that stuff because it's not. The hip hop. I mean, they, there's there's layers to it. I guess levels to it. For sure. As kids would say, yeah, yeah, lots so. <laughs> of layers to the show.
0: There's a lot going on in that particular show that we don't have time to go into. But yes, it's so much.
1: All right. And then only because I saw this on your Facebook wall, I think this week. But your just a quick snap review of Chance the Rapper's album. I gotta say, personally, personally, overall, I liked. Again, I liked his story. Okay. Like the way he came up. Just you know, independent artist and broke out into everything else. Right. I personally never got, and I'm not going to mention that, I just never got into his rap style. Okay. And I thought, it wasn't so much, you know, it, it was more that, it was just, I, I get it, like anyone who's hustling for it, I mean, I, I respect that to death. It was more just, I didn't get it. Like the first song, like I know, it wasn't for me. It. I like Chance, but again, like I
0: said in the post, I said something to the effect that he had gone from like, oh, he's, you know, he's fun, he's kind of corny, to I don't know if how many of you remember PM Dawn, but they were really corny back in the day. So it, I don't have an issue with Chance. Um, the album was a little bit, it's, it's dad rap. He's a new dad. He's, a 20, he's 26, 27, he's a new father. Um, and it makes sense. Like, I understand what he's trying to do on the record. The issue is that I don't think he's really quite certain what he wants to say. And the reason why I say that is that the album is like 22 songs, 23 songs long. It's an hour and 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. As a person that reviews and critiques music, no album should really be longer than 45 mm-hmm. to 50 minutes. It should, that's the, I Because what it tells me is that you know exactly what you're trying to say. When you're at a minute, an hour 17 means I have a lot of ideas. I'm not really quite sure how to, like, get it down to 12, 13, 14 songs. So I'm just going to throw everything against the wall and <laughs> see what sticks, and we'll see how this
1: goes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more or less what he did on this record. Uh, speaking of dad rap, so I was listening to Logic's new track. I don't know what his new album he has out, but right. he has a new track that features Will Smith on it. I actually, like I mean, like, I like. I Will mean, Smith. I like Will Smith. I actually like this song. It's called "Don't Be Afraid to Be Different," right? And the whole vibe of it, because I mean, Will Smith, I think it reminds in the vein of Drake to me, just someone who owns who they are, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, yeah, he's he's I love earned Will. right to do what he wants to do. But that the song to me was just it was. Surprisingly, surprisingly good. Yeah, I mean, it had that old school kind of break boy or 80s rap, uh, beat, break, or b-boy uh, beat. Can we talk today? And, uh, I don't know, it worked for me, but I wanted your take on just logic too, because he's someone who's been me. And also, logic, a hustler, man, he's been putting out a lot of stuff.
0: Yes, um, he's dope. Logic, really good rapper, very strong fan base. I mean, everything he puts out is going to be successful because he has such a very, he's developed. A very strong base. I think my only issue with Logic is, I mean, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but just kind of the his sort of back and forth. Uh, hmm, his cultural flipping, flipping. He's biracial. He's biracial. His, his dad's so black. He's, his father's black. So it's kind of this thing to where his mom's white. Just just cover the yeah, Right. Just yeah. cover. Just to cover that. Those two bases there. Um, so it's kind of the cultural things and the stuff he puts in his music. It's kind of weird. He brings it up a lot. He talks he, about he it. He it does. Yeah. So I think he's not quite certain how to feel about it yet either. Yeah. So which is interesting. That in, in and of itself, kind of the, this racial sort of thing with, with, within his music and with him continually kind of talking about it and questioning it in front of people and not like kind of behind closed doors, but actually in his art. I find that very interesting. He's, a, I think, again, he's he's somebody who puts out a lot of music, but for whatever reason, I kind of feel like he's just kind of getting started.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it was similar to the weekend, right? I mean, I for mean, sure. I listened to his first, first three albums just when I was in law school, but he didn't break out until Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. Day, he earned it, and that. And then it, it, off. Took, yeah. it took
0: it to another level. And I saw, I think Logic is, I think there's a, a an extra level I think for him to get to
1: for mm-hmm. sure. Well, Karan, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, this is was great. definitely a, uh, a departure from a usual guest, but I'm enjoying it. I'd love to get you back on. We can talk politics and everything else and absolutely. all the things you can't talk about in the office. Love you. Is, yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Right, man. Thanks for your time. All right. And to add to that, what do you think of the new Ed Sheeran album? Uh,
0: that, that is, uh, that's loaded. He has a lot of guests on here. On that record. Some of it is, okay, I'm gonna be honest. Ed Sheeran isn't necessarily in my wheelhouse. Um, I'm a 39 year old man. Like, you know, I'm not, that's not really going to be the thing that I'm really into. I do recognize his talent. I do also, I, I think the one thing I do, I did listen to kind of listen, I, you know, it's my job. So I listen to just music kind of passively sometimes. There were some things on there that I kind of I appreciate. It's very interesting that he felt like the need to do a record where he did so many collaborations.
1: I think every song on the album is a collaboration. Right. It's so surprising. Which is very
0: interesting to me who, for somebody who needs no collaborations <laughs> whatsoever. So I, I'm wondering what kind of drove that. I haven't really read or looked into it. Um, but that would be interesting because usually it's it's an artist featuring it's sharing. And so I guess maybe he was returning the favor, and, or he wanted to, like, I wanted to see what it's like when people are kind of, you know, deep into my thing. And so he tries some stuff. He tries some unique things. Um, some of it works. Some of it doesn't. Uh, but I think he's at a place. He's such a huge star that he can afford to take big chances, so this is not going to whether it was good or whether it was bad. It was never going to hurt him. He's so huge. He's so powerful right now.
1: Well, yeah. What's your favorite song on the album? Did you answer the question already?
0: No, I don't really have a favorite song. I'm trying to think of uh, songs that are even on the the record right now. Who was the the one that was they made a big deal out of? He um, did one with Justin
1: Bieber. That was on
0: that's the, the one. For a while. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> I don't mind Bieber. I don't, yeah. honestly, I, I don't. Again, I'm not buying Justin Bieber records. What can say? Well, can he can sing. sing.
1: My favorite track is, uh, I think the last one is Taking Back to London. Only because okay. I like Stormzy. I was yes,
0: I do like and Stormzy. I like all things grime. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing I, I wish that we had time to talk about is definitely UK grime. I love grime music.
1: UK grime is just there. UK grime rap style. is... Yeah, what, Skepta?
0: Gigs, Stormzy, Lil' Sims, Kano... Um, so many people that I, I I actually to some extent I actually almost prefer it to American rap mm-hmm. in some regards. I, I just think that, that especially with certain rappers like Lil Sims or, or Dave, that just the lyricism.
1: Dave is my recent favorite recently, man. Find yes. Black. Yes. Jeez, oh my gosh,
0: that's a deep, That's a deep record. <laughs> that is a very deep album. If you there his name is just Dave. Just look it up. Just listen to whatever he has out. You're going to be uh you're going to be pleased. All right,
1: well, That bonus round. We'll be back in the show
0: Fantastic. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.